Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and we're back in the sanctuary talking about one of my favorite topics. I have Spirit Halima in the sanctuary with me today, and I loved her bio. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yes. Her bio reads that she is a perception adjuster, a worshiped woman mentor, an intuitive glitch finder, which we're going to get into that. She supported thousands of women in reconnecting with their feminine power through female magnetism and heart-centered sexuality. As an empowerment mentor, Spirit is beyond passionate about the organic unfolding of women's greatest potential, as are we here at the Goddess Awakening and Healing Sanctuary. She mentors clients around the globe in reclaiming their power and learning to receive as women. And that's big. Receiving, being, allowing the receiving of good things is huge. So I definitely want to talk about that too. So welcome to the sanctuary. Welcome, Wendy. Glad to be here. Thank you for your patience this morning. So we're going to get right into it. Um, Yes. Okay. So let's talk a little bit about how did you come up with those titles? Because I love those titles. So let's go first with the perception adjuster. What does that mean? Well, subs, your self-perception is the holy grail. And so many of us are walking around, um, both men and women, but specifically here women, with a distorted perception of who we are as women. Mm. So I'm here to adjust that perception Kind of okay. like correct that perception okay. to a more elevated, expansive um, perception of yourself as a woman. So th- I'm here to adjust that that lack or limited perception that we have of ourselves individually and collectively. Oh, I love that. About. Yeah, I love that. Now, what about the worshipped woman mentor? What is a who is a worshipped woman, and why does she need a mentor? <laughs> <laughs> um, the worship woman is um, the goddess. Okay. She is the um, complete whole entity, the full expression of the source creator, however you want to call this um, energy that we call God or source or infinite. Um, she is that full expression. We need a mentor because a lot of us have been raised in a culture through religion, through our, you know um, societal programming that the woman is half of something and she needs to be completed. Hmm. Or there's a sense of loneliness just about being a woman. We don't have to go far to look in our in our world to see that programming. Mm-hmm. So the I as a mentor support women again is the is the adjusting that perception and really expanding this idea of woman because woman is is a construct and it's incomplete and we are here to stretch that and expand that 
the idea of a woman to be as as expansive and as beautiful as we can. So that's that's our responsibility. Wow. So now the last one, well, I'm sure it's not really the last one. It's just what you put in the bio because you're so dynamic. But what about the intuitive glitch finder? That's my fave. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, the way my brain is wired, I definitely can pick up the glitches. Um, and I call glitch dishonesty, the, the lies we tell ourselves, the lies we oh, tell other people. Wow. I can hear the discord. It strikes in my body as, oh, that's not quite true. Oh, that's incomplete. I can look at a movie or hear a politician or see something that's not quite um, fluid. Wow. Um, and so I can pick up um, a fake news story. I can pick up these glitches that, you know, that that distort the, the, the unfolding of truth. So it's I've always had it. Wow. I just now have acknowledged that this has been my gift. And when I was a child, um, teachers who didn't like me, I knew they didn't like me. You right. know, I couldn't really like pinpoint it, but I, I know I can sense it. And so um, it's, it's, it proved to be true over time. Yes. Okay. So, so I want to yeah. like stay there for a little while because yes. you, you have these amazing titles. And when you have titles, you kind of have to stand in them and live them. How did yeah. you get to being the perception adjuster, the worship woman mentor, and the intuitive glitch finder? Because I'm sure you just didn't wake up one day and you were she. <laughs> no, not at all. I, I, you know, I think I've been um, unfolding since I was a young girl. A lot okay. of these gifts I have that we all have, we all have these uh, quote-unquote supernatural gifts that um, we have that have yet to be acknowledged or we don't see them as divine gifts so mm. my unfolding of my gifts came through pain which is true for so many of us yes um, through the darkness through um, um, love and um, pain and suffering uh, and trauma I use those experiences to go deeper into myself to allow these experiences to teach me, to guide me. Um, and it was a space and time where I just stopped reacting to what was happening to me. Um, wow. Again, I've, it, it was through my marriage and divorce. It was through a painful relationship. Um, it was through um, sexual trauma that I began to create this gap, create this space where I wasn't, I just stopped reacting to, to everyone and everything, if you will, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and and not reacting. This is where the, all this beautiful information is in this space, in this gap. Okay. That you're not very, you're you're not conscious of because you're just reacting. You're not even thinking. But when you slow yourself down, mm -hmm. and that's what I did throughout my, I would say the past 15, 20 years, I've just been slowing myself down in these experiences of these painful. Um, Turbulence. I can share. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not being evasive here. I will share deeply about my my experiences. Um, one being my son's four year um, dark depression. Wow. And that was when um, it was a moment to moment. Uh, I wouldn't call it turbulence. It was a t terrorizing of experience. Course. And um, there were days in which I didn't know my son was going to survive that day. Oh, like no. there were moments to moments where um, I was just literally taken to the edge of my sanity and kicked off. Like someone just pushed me off. Wow. Um, and in those dark times, 
that was when I had to really face myself as um, a mother. We're going to talk about that, about mm-hmm. the divine mother, yep. who I was being as a mother, um, you know, dealing with my son's anger, resentment towards me, some of the choices that I've made. Um, and I had to sit in that literally um, for a four-year container, if you will, wow. to really do some dark, some deep self-correcting. Now, did you have a mentor? Because that's, that's pretty deep. And that's a lot. How did you know that that is what you needed to do? Mm, well, it just came to me. Um, I didn't have a mentor during this process. Okay. Um, I've yet to have a mentor so far as, you know, like I am to other women. Yeah. Um, this was just digging, it's like, like scratching and crawling out of, out of the, the dirt, you know, out of the grave, if you will. Just, oh my gosh. you know, just, just. Um, allowing myself to, uh, I would reach out to someone for help. They couldn't help. I would reach out for different things, um, and none of them would seem to be working. And so I had to one moment just, you know what? Stop judging. Mm-hmm. It just came to me. Okay. Just stop judging. Um, so I was at the time judging. You know, oh, you're, you're not strong enough. Oh, you can't get over. It. I was in that judgment, and in that judgment, I couldn't see clearly. And so I said, "Stop judging." And it was just something just came to me. I said, "Okay, I'm gonna stop judging." Just now, listen. judging who? Judging yourself or others? My son. Oh. Me, everyone. Okay. Everyone. But in this particular situation, it was my son. Hmm. Um, but judgment is is at the core of the wound. You know, it's the core of the wound. Um, and it was when I stopped judging. Because your children are just a part of you. Yeah. So if you're judging your child, you're judging yourself. Wow. Okay. I want us to be clear about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I just stopped judging, stopped the judgment. And then, thankfully, I was able to have new insights, new perspectives. And I had new hits to call this person and look for different types of treatment. And it just blew me away. Just that one thing, which is a very, is a, a very, um, I'm gonna say, hard thing to do, but who's gonna like dig in their bags of non judgment just to kind of to help their son or help their child or help the relationship? Right. But that is really a beautiful medicine to give yourself and to the people you love. Wow. So, how long have you been doing this work? And you know, I know you have clients and you have uh, you run classes and experiences. Like, how long did it take for you to? heal your son and yourself and get you all to the point where now you, you know, feel like you have the tools to mentor other women who might be experiencing that because I tell you, um, it's so needed. And there's so many of us who are sitting, you know, paralyzed in fear. Hey, DeLacy, we are paralyzed in fear about the things that are happening around us And, you know, maybe our children aren't doing the things that we want them to do, or maybe the school is saying that they are doing things or behaving in certain ways. I'm a witness to that. And I used to side eye my little child (laughs) because I'm like, (laughs) pull it together. You know, that mommy mouth, pull it together. You know what I'm saying? And so how long did it take for you? And, you know, I know that we're always evolving and the the onion layers just keep peeling back. But what what? did that process look like for you to now get into the space to hold space for other women? Mm, okay, so let me rewind a little bit. A little bit back, nineteen ninety seven. My my father transitioned. He had pancreatic cancer, oh, okay. and it was during this um, 
my my father he came back he was not well he stayed he stayed with us and my mom um and i was searching high and low for the cure right mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I had Dr. Sabi come to my house. Wow. I was going here. I was I was going to do anything I could to keep my daddy here. Um, the the last healer we found, Dr. Eve Capanelli, she's British. She's in Los Angeles. Um, after my father transitioned, I started having some health issues. I went to her and she gave me a book. And she said, you got to be careful about your mind. Like, uh. your mind affects your body. And I was like, what do you mean? Right. <laughs> At that time, I had no clue. So through this this, this search, this um, curiosity, right, which is the feminine, this curiosity was leading me to, to study. And so I created my own um, radio show. Okay. It was called The Cosmic Womb. Okay. And that was going to be a gift to everyone um, who was like myself, who had a parent or who themselves had a dis-ease and wanted to have some hope support. So I would interview many people who've healed themselves from all kinds of diseases. Wow. Um, I've interviewed Dick Gregory. I've interviewed Dr. Bruce Lipton. I've interviewed Dr. Jill Pilgrim and Queen of Fu and so many different healers around the world. Um, and that started my, it was like part of the process. And from there, mm-hmm. um, I my marriage was just like, you know, like breaking up, falling out, um, being gutted, if you will. And yeah. I was as well. Yeah. Um, I, I got into sexual tantra, um, really going into the body, into the womb, right? And from there, um, I had all my girlfriends. I bought all my girlfriends um, jade eggs. And they were just shocked at my progress because okay. I was like, I was like daily, daily, daily exercises and practices. Um, and so I would put my my friends on, you know, ninety day programs, six month programs. We would do short programs. We were just beasting, like we were. I mean, beasting. We were like in the trenches every day doing breath work, okay, work, breath massage. We would do journaling. We would work out. We were eating, you know, green foods, green smoothies. We were just mind, body, and soul, just delving into ourselves. Okay. And so a few years later, my friend was like, "Girl, girl, you need to, you need to." You need to do, give this to someone else. You need to have a business. Just be your business. I'm like, oh, I don't really know if it's gonna be my business or not. So you've helped me so much. I was getting that feedback from my friends. So I started just doing, um, you know, workshops and conferences, um, and it just unfolded from there. Um, that as far as my sons, yeah, I, it was a crazy story. But when with my son, I don't think I healed my son. Okay. Um, well, how I see it is that from my experience, it's just my point of view, that depression is familial. It's a family issue. Okay. And most times we single out the person who's acting out, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and usually the person who um, acts, quote unquote, acts out is the one who is the strongest, who can hold on to more pain than anybody else. Wow, okay. <laughs> and they've been holding on to that pain, that toxic, they're holding the toxicity in. They're holding the unspoken truths. They're holding the trauma that no one has talked about. They're holding that energy in. And then it comes to a point where they just can't hold it anymore. Wow. But it's the, fa- it's the family unspoken secrets and shames and grief that's yet to be expressed. And usually it's like an empath or someone who truly feels deeply like my son. Mm-hmm. He was taking it all in and began to just turn turn 
on him in, on himself in that sense. When I began to speak my truth and admit to him my, about me being raped oh, um, okay. and my sexual trauma um, and just being honest, I was so dishonest. Mm-hmm. You know, I was so dishonest. Um, and, and even under the guise of trying to protect him, I was being dishonest. And that energy um, is very toxic. So mm-hmm. I, had to, I had to clean all that up within myself, and I saw a different expression in my son. So it's really about me healing. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> my son and my son. It is. But yes, he did, come, he did have his own um, process as well. Yes. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear that he's better and that you Thank all you. are. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. So let's talk about the feminine. And so the wounded feminine specifically so, you know, we live in what is currently a patriarchal society. Um, but I know that the time is coming. The season is is coming to an end. That's why they acting even crazier right now. Um, but the wounded feminine, you know, in in most cultures, most indigenous cultures, whether it's African or in North America or in other, you know, Central South America, most of those cultures were matriarchal cultures and they yeah. did certain things a certain way. I mean, women, people forget, women are the ones who birth. <laughs> we are the mm-hmm. ones who, who, you know, we are the ones who carry the babies and we are the ones yeah. who, you know, do that. And I think that that's gotten lost in this society. Um, and so it has caused an imbalance in the world. And so now we are seeing the effects of what has happened with patriarchy coming in for so long. And, um, you know, it's not good. And so the earth and the world is self-correcting. And so now I think we're going back. Now, I, I do believe that everything should be in balance. I don't think we need to go all the way to one side, feminine or masculine, because we, we too, when we're balanced, we have a masculine side and a feminine side. And we need both of those energies to, to make it in the world and to be the person that we're born to be. So from your perspective, how did we become so wounded and more? What can we do to shift that and to change it? Mm-hmm. Especially with 2020 coming. <laughs> yes. Um, that's a very interesting question. Um, a very good question. And it's, it's a layered question. Mm-hmm. And I would just say this. I see patriarchy as the result, as a result of the woman losing herself. Yeah. Right. Um, patriarchy could not exist if, because think about it, ladies. If you're having a, a giving birth to men, to boys that grow up to be, you know, men and these men oppressed a very entity that gave them birth mm-hmm. that doesn't that's not something has to be something went awry right right so we have to look at stuff and own our part i'm not saying we own the whole thing ladies okay <laughs> but we have to own our parts in this so um Looking at patriarchy through that through that lens, as to see what happened, as what do we do as women? And I have this wonderful um, 
it was a part of a speech that um, happened in Paris in 1964. Paul's, um, he was speaking to a group of men. I want to, if I can, read a little bit of this okay. to share with you back in 1964. It's such a powerful, I'm going to put my glasses on. Okay. It's such a powerful part. Um, but I'll just kind of give you a, a good chunk of it so you can understand what, what he is saying. And I share this with all of my um, personal groups as well. Um, he says, it's called La Femme is Rare. The feminine is rare. The female okay. is rare. Okay. Um, civilization would not exist as we know it today if the true woman still existed. I shall mention hundreds of thousands of real women called witches and burnt as such, as well as millions of other women vanquished and changed by fear. Mm-hmm. A revolutionary war was waged by knights against the real woman and in favor of a new idol and a downward mutation of the species occurred so that the, so that gradually the authentic female was replaced by a different kind of being. Gentlemen, he's talking to men now. Mm-hmm. The being whom we call woman is not the woman. She is a degeneration, a copy. The essence has gone. The principle is absent. Our joy and our salvation are no longer there. Wow. What we call women are beings who only look like women. We embrace imitations belonging to a species which has been entirely or almost entirely destroyed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to skip down a little bit. Um, the real woman from the beginning of time, the woman that was given to us, belongs body and soul to a universe alien to man's. She radiates at the other end of creation. She knows the secrets of water, stone, plants, and animals. She can stare at the sun and see in the dark. She possesses the keys to health, rest, and the harmonies of matter. And then he goes on to talk about um, this aspect of true woman, right? Mm -hmm. So there has been um, a multidimensional cause (laughs) to what we're seeing, what we call as patriarchy. Mm -hmm. How we correct it is begin to look at the systems, the beliefs, the paradigms which supports and how we have participated in patriarchy in any system that has devalued the woman. And we have to talk about religion. Yes. Um, We can't talk about patriarchy and not talk about religion. We can't talk about the suppression of the feminine um, and not talk about religion. They go hand in hand. Okay, let's talk about it. Let's talk about religion and religion's role in (laughs) the demise. No, okay. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Before the Hebrew God uh, was introduced, goddess worship was the standard. It was goddesses of all cultures. I researched this for many years. And goddess sexuality um, were revered and worshipped throughout creation. You know, from Samoa to to Mexico to all around the world, um, her yoni was revered and worshipped. Her sexuality. There was no such thing as sluts and all these types of different names um, that came later on. So, what is yoni for those in the back who don't okay. know? Yeah, yoni is a Sanskrit word that means womb okay. or sacred space. Okay. So th- those are the same. Um, and then for the Sanskrit word for uh, the lingam is a Sanskrit word for the penis, which means wand of light. Okay. okay. So 
prior to this whole thing, you know, the whole the whole Hebrew God coming in with, with Christianity, the goddesses were worshipped. So what happened was they had to do five things in order to shift the worshiping the worshiped entity, which is woman, okay, to become a worshiping entity. Mm-hmm. Now these are two types of consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Okay, mm-hmm. well, stay with me here. As a woman, as a goddess, you were worshipped. Right. Now you go into church and you worship other people. Right. Okay. So the five things that had to happen in order for them to introduce a new paradigm, basically, was you had to discredit. Right. It's mm-hmm. discredit the woman. Yes. Right. Um, and we see this also within um racism yes for black people discrediting right. black people they're not yes. even they're, not, they're three-fifths of a person yes right so when you go in there you're thinking like oh okay the woman will discredit um tertullian philosophy well he was like the father of latin christianity called women um yoni a, a sewer oh. <laughs> okay um same place so her. your mama's womb is a sewer okay okay a sewer Yes. Wow. And had a very um, harsh um, opinion about the woman and her sexuality. This had to happen mm-hmm. because you, you had to you had to discredit her now. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of scriptures in the Bible and other religions, um, or even Eve, if you will, mm-hmm. right? The mm-hmm. whole temp- temptress, she can't be trusted right. kind of, you know, um, characters in, in the Bible, if you will. Um, so that they had to discredit her. Okay. Um, what they also had to do before they can destroy you, they have to demonize you. Right. They have to demonize you, which we see that in society all around. All around. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, it's really all interesting around. when before we got on, I was just telling you about how I was watching a show on CNN and it was uh, they were at the pipeline, I guess, in North Dakota. um, And they were this was in 2017 that they were doing this, but I just watched it last night. And so they were talking about how the the natives, indigenous folks who were there in North Dakota, Nebraska and South Dakota and some of the other places, how in the beginning when they were here before there was any disruption, they were a matriarchal society and they handled themselves as such. And then when the Europeans came and then patriarchy came, they went right with it too. So they stopped doing, so of course the, the and, and I knew this, but it just was reinforced in my brain. The same thing that happened in Australia was that the Europeans came and brought these peoples to what they called a boarding school. And they cut off their hair and they would not let them speak their languages. They sexually assaulted them. They made them Christians. You know what I'm saying? Taking away their own, you know, um, you know, their own traditions and things that they'd done for millennia before. And now so that's demonizing it. So if you speak your own language, you get a whipping. If you want to eat mm. your own food or if you want to keep your hair long because that's where your power is, you get whipped or sexually assaulted. So they had to demonize it in order for them then to be able to do the things that they've done now. 
introduce yes. alcohol and introduce drugs and introduce crime into the those reservations and then don't give them the resources to be able to support themselves as they try to climb out of now this hole. So it's the same thing. Indigenous natives of wh- wherever the patriarchy, yes. the Europeans came in with their religion, demonizing yeah. them, women and peoples of color. And now it's okay when, well, they feel like it's okay and they don't understand why it's not okay to shoot people in the street, why it's not okay to do those things. They don't understand yeah. that because we've been demonized. We're not human in their eyes. Absolutely. So they dismiss you, they mm-hmm. discredit you, mm-hmm. they demonize you, and then they destroy you. Right. That is that is the process that that's happened with women, it's happened in indigenous people all over the world. Um, and that's what happened to the goddess. Right. Okay, because what I talk about the, the, the wounded feminine comes from well we'll talk about collectively here, the the wound is tied to your sense of self, which comes from many of us come from religion. In religion, um, Christianity specifically, you're half of a whole, you're helpmate, you're not complete entity. Mm. And this is why the woman from her wounded state, and which is, which is you have to correct this if you really want to be uh, fully expressed as divine feminine. Mm-hmm. There's a because you don't see yourself as a whole being, right? And you are a total whole being unto yourself. You have these attachments that begin to happen mm-hmm. because you don't see yourself as connected to divinity. Your sense of identity comes from these attachments. So the husband, mm-hmm. the children, the identity become you you become tied to these attachments and these attachments will bring you a lot of suffering from a wounded state when you don't have not transcended to your to acknowledge your true identity that your whole being you know that that was one reason why I I I I married because I felt incomplete I felt like I was just um you know, this single mother mm-hmm. who needed to get a man to make sure he had a man because I was nothing and da, da, da. you know how that goes. Right. Because of the shame and guilt that you have. Right. Now, if someone had pulled me to the side and said, oh, sister, you're a whole into yourself. Right. You have all the answers. You have all the solutions. You had the strategies all within you. You know, I would have had a different perspective about my choices. But, but from that perception, going back to perception, I didn't have it at the time. Right. Amazing. You know, and same for me. I was walking down the aisle at 31 about to throw up. But I just felt like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. All my friends are 30. Oh. And, you know, so this is what I need to do and then I'll be, you know, whole, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, let's talk about how we can reconnect with our we have 30 minutes left, so reconnecting with our power. Mm-hmm. Yes. So first you have to go into understanding, like, where you are in relationship to um, your own power as a woman. Okay. So um, we have to really investigate and understand uh, specifically, individually and collectively, like, where are we not showing up fully expressed? You know, what are the belief patterns that we have about being a woman? Okay. Okay. Um, we have to examine that. 
um, from every area um, of your life with, with relationships. And usually we get a lot of our insights from relationships mm-hmm. because, you know, that's how we grow. It's how we, that's how we, um, the woman is the attractor, the masculine is the reflector. Okay, so the woman is the attractor, the masculine is the reflector. Okay, okay. Yes. yes, so all you have to do is look at your relationships. You know, look at your relationships to see what's what's going on up in here, up in your mind, okay. Okay, in your consciousness, okay? okay. Um, and that's relationships with everything, your body, right? Um, your friends, your family, your your lovers, begin to look at these relationships as um, information for you to see where you are. Uh, let me just give you a better, um, a deeper understanding of the, um, for the listeners of the feminine, the wounded feminine. The wounded feminine has a fractured identity, which is, I call it, I am incomplete consciousness. She does not see herself as whole. Okay. She identifies with her form. She has not yet to acknowledge her multi-dimensional um, beingness. She identifies herself with only form and these dense experiences. Okay. Mm-hmm. When the feminine deeply identifies with these identities, right, she holds judgments about herself, right. about life, mm-hmm. and about herself. Mm-hmm. And underneath these judgments is a whole heap full of shame, okay, shame, regret, guilt. And so because of the shame, she feels she needs to be protect, protect herself, right? Mm-hmm. She judged to protect herself, to keep herself, because she does not really want to find out. The fear is that I'm not really worth anything. Right, I'm not good enough. I'm not worth I'm anything. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And that's why she defends to protect herself. When you feel you need to be protected, you are in the wound. The wound, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. The wound, not the womb, mm-hmm. but the, the, we'll call it the, the wounded feminine, right? Wow. So the shame is a part of the wound. Like if you have secrets are a part of the, you, there will be no need for secrets if there was no shame. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you, and many of us are holding these secrets around with us, afraid to really show up and be ourselves. And that is what, because the feminine decides how we receive, if we're going to receive through struggle or we're going to receive through ease. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. The feminine decides that. So when we have shame and secrets, if we've yet to really stand in our own, to be fully seen as who we are, we cannot be loved for who we are right suppressed women can't be loved wow because they have yet to be themselves and suppressed women guess what <sighs> raise raise angry sons okay suppressed <laughs> okay. women cannot be loved yeah but they're not receiving it they're not open to receiving it not that they cannot they're not open to receiving it is that it yes because okay. they have yet to acknowledge themselves as who they are right because you're suppressing the very thing um, in order for you to begin to move and correct yourself into the more empowered parts of yourself, you know, the complete identity is to start to today, right, share what you're ashamed about to someone that you love, um, to to a friend, to anyone. Mm-hmm. Start to talk about the secrets that's been holding that energy in you, that dis energy in you, 
right? Um, the hiding, you know, the manipulating, all the things that we do, you know, to protect the wounds that we've been carrying since childhood. Right? Wow. Um, and that's what shifts the energy from receiving because the wounded feminine receives, we all are receiving all the time. It's like, what are you receiving, right? So if you are, you're receiving a man who's like calling you names, okay, that is something that you're receiving. You gotta look at that. Um, you're looking at someone who's trying to control you. You're looking at, you're attracting quote unquote narcissist or narcissistic traits. If you are attracting um, a men who um, are emotionally unavailable, you still are receiving, open to receiving something. Right, mm-hmm. so we have to look at that um, and then correct ourselves into the empowered feminine. Because when you're attracting emotionally unavailable men or men who disrespect you, that's proof that the wounded feminine is in action. So now let's talk about this really quickly. So we have struggles. We're struggling. Many women struggle with their relationships with money and their relationships with men. Um, and you know, depending on you know, your sexuality, what you're attracted to, there's your struggle in relationships. What does that um, look like? And how can we get, how does our woundedness affect these, this money and relationships? Because people don't put those things together. It's just energy. So, right. So I always say that um, lovers are first created in your mind. Okay. Not in the, not in the matrix. All right. (laughs) And your money, the quote unquote money is created in your mind also because it comes from ideas, right? Creative ideas. So it's just energy, right? So whether it shows up in a form of a relationship or a form of a business idea, you know, and this is divine mother as well. This is when the the divine mother comes in because divine mother, um, she sees, she plants and she nurtures and births her creations. Okay. Um, Understanding that um, money and energy, uh, money is energy, relationship is energy, and they mm-hmm. all come from here. Yeah. Right? So whenever you have someone in your space that's not sh- showing up and loving you the way you desired it to, for them to, you have to start looking at your subconscious needs and your subconscious beliefs about okay. that, you know, about what you really feel you deserve. One thing my friend told me years ago, she said, Halima, you can only have what you feel you deserve. Okay? So you don't want to react to what's going on. Okay, you don't have any money. Okay, just that's a fact. I'm, I have $5 in my account. Just say that, okay? Um, however, that's the past. The future is in your thought. What you're able to focus on and create in your mind. You got to take out, you got to take your mind away or your your brain away from your present situation mm-hmm. right and begin to focus on what you want and what you desire right um and the kind of lover that you actually really want right? because if they're in the your space they're there for a reason right yeah they're there for a reason to show you something about yourself to show you aspects of you they are reflecting back to you and so is the money that doesn't make you a bad person or a good person. It's just, it's just science. It's just what it is. It's, it's energetic science, if you will. Um, so if you feel if you are in a situation where you have a relationship or you're attracting certain types of people, uh, I would take a break for a moment and begin to do some introspective work. 
about about the beliefs about about what you feel you deserve or how you want to be loved. And again, a lot of shame is underneath all of that as well. Because the only reason why you don't have what you want is because of the wound. Right. It's because of the program. Because if you were, because we accepted our, our parents' programming, we inherited, I should say, our parents' program. And usually that struggle, mentality, relationship struggles, money struggles come from your parental programming because if you were to program yourself what would you do when you when you like program yourself for wealth yeah <laughs> multi-orgasms and a lot of great great men in your life or great women whatever that is you would, so you have to reprogram your subconscious needs that's amazing and you know that really does take time like you know i i do study metaphysics and a lot of it is you know, just the things that are in your mind um, and the feeling of them. And when you're thinking like I'm, I'm, you know, I've learned over the years, why do I keep thinking about the same old crap that I don't want? Like, why am I doing that? What is it? So let, let me shift that and think about what it is that I do want instead of worrying that I'm not going to get this or that. Think about what it feels like to have it and to enjoy it and to be grateful for it and be in gratitude already before it comes. Now, I have to tell you, that is a whole <laughs> shift from from how I, you know, just my conditioning. So yes. it's like a muscle that, you know, I've had to learn. And so now I'm trying to teach my daughter who's 17. I want her to get these lessons because I'm 49. I'm trying to have her get these lessons before she gets 49 so that she can cut down on some of this struggle that I have had because, you know, when you know better, you do better. And so I think that it's very important for us to start to, like you said, self-reflect, really see if things are going the way that you want, what you have created for yourself, what you have attracted for yourself, but also to tell the truth. So I'm, I'm finishing my book and I told a lot of truths there, things that I hadn't told anybody. Only my mother and my sister knew some of these things. And, um, but I feel free and who gonna check me, boo? Ain't nobody gonna check me at this point. You know what I'm saying? So, right. but it feels freeing and it feels good to have um, released a lot of that stuff that I was holding on strictly because of shame and strictly because of the religious conditioning that I created for myself because my mother did not put this on me. My mother doesn't go to church. My grandmother is who went to church. And so I'm saying for myself, and I'm not saying this is for everybody, for me, for me specifically, that religious system was what suppressed me specifically. If it works for you, have at it, enjoy, enjoy it. I'm saying for me, once I started to do this self-reflection, I realized that it wasn't serving me any longer. And then I realized the damage that it caused me specifically. But like I'm saying, it's not a judgment. It's a, if you love it, I love it for you. For me, it didn't work, but I feel more free than I ever have. Mm. Yeah, I, I had a little head start. My dad was an atheist. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, okay. my dad was um, the one who taught me how to think critically and, mm-hmm. and taught me how to play chess. And 
uh, taught me strategy just by observing. I, I would observe his conversations. I would just study my father. It was very unique person and he would ask me questions that just didn't make sense um, about the Bible there was some inconsistencies but you know you have faith you know <laughs> they tell you when you you ask a question they can't answer you say well you gotta have faith right but my dad kind of those seeds in my in my mind to question and think to think critically right not saying that religious people don't think critically right right um but just saying that i to think not only critically but think dimensionally as well right and i'm teaching my daughter that too as i'm learning as i'm learning and we have 15 minutes left as i'm learning to to ask the harder questions you know i definitely you know i'm asking the harder questions and i'm teaching her to do the same thing and i'm also teaching her how to go into when she's asking a question how does it feel in her body how does the result, how does the answer that came to you, how does it feel in your body? Okay, here's what I may have said, or here's what your, your little friend said, but how does it feel to you? So I am, you know, as I've studied Tantra just level one, I um, now am really becoming in tune with my body and what is it feeling and what is it trying to tell me instead of also suppressing that. So talking about Tantra, let's talk about heart-centered sexuality and how you use that as a healing modality. Mm -hmm. Well, um, sexual energy is just energy that is creative life force energy. It's how we all got here, okay? Right. So um, returning reverence to this sacred energy that's already inside of you is very important just for, just for heart coherence, just for you to feel deep in your body and to connect with your true desire because your heart is intelligent. Um, many times we connect with each other through our programs, um, through just um, um, biological needs, if you will. Um, and really, do we really have a conversation about heart being connected via the heart, right? That's not real sexy. You know, it's getting sexier these days, but it's not glamorized if right. you know, and discussed. So, for me, um, during my practices, I was sharing with you earlier how I started on this tantric experience uh, with the jade egg. Mm -hmm. I was just shocked as to how much energy I had in my own body that I wasn't even sensitive to. Right. You know, I had these currents of energy flowing through my body. It was very luscious and very warm and very potent. And as I began to deepen my practices, again, I would have, um, I share this uh, on my um with my clients that I would have orgasms just walking. What? I would yes, I would have these <laughs> orgasms, um, having to hold on to something like, um, and I hear they do this in Thailand a lot as well. Um, and I'm like, wow, I've been all my life. I've been walking around <laughs> with this beautiful energy already inside of me. Right. And I learned to sit with that energy. And, you know, and one thing what we do in our society is like, you feel you have a sexual attraction, you have a sexual desire, you feel you have to act on it. Right. And when I teach my clients, it's just to use that energy to sit in it, to not always have to feel you have to act on an, a sexual impulse. True. But you can actually internalize that energy, sit in that energy, and allow it to connect with you to your ideas creative ideas genius right, right. You know, your sense of being and for the for the woman 
Okay, I got, I got to keep it real here. Um, our sexual anatomy is very different from male sexual anatomy. Okay, mm-hmm. and I really think we need to study each other's sexual anatomy. I'm just gonna give a very brief. I know we have to short on time, but I was gonna say that. Yeah, like a l- twelve minutes. Okay, I'm gonna do this in two minutes. Okay. <laughs> um, the women's pelvic anatomy is very complex, very complicated. A male's pelvis is very is different, right? We have a very complicated um, superhighway of nerves that stems from the, the base of our spine all the way up to our brain. Okay. So, sexual pleasure is we're hardwired for pleasure, right? And those nerves that we have can be they can. For every woman, it's different. Some nerves are more close to the clitoris. Some are are deeper inside the yoni. It's just we all are very customized. But the but the fact is, and the scientific proof is, that we have a neural network in our pelvis. So what's happening to our pelvis is happening to our brain. There are one entity, right? And you know, military people know this. That's why they go and they weaponize sex, rape. Yeah, because they know when they rape and traumatize a woman's womb, that that's going to affect her brain, her sense of perception, not only that, but her children's children's children, unless it's interrupted. Intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. Yes, right. So, a male's pelvis is not does not have that high those those super highway of nerves. It's just not, and and you see that through how porno and how they sexualize is very different. We need more um, connection. Most of us do. There are some who don't. Um, based on our ANS system, which is our, our autonomic nervous system, is what brings forth arousal. Right. My point here is this: orgasm is just not a physical as a physical thing for a woman. It is what connects her to her highest sense of esteem as a woman, her genius, her creative idea is her sense of well-being her sense of connectedness to her own body it's just not uh you know <laughs> busting something no this is really <laughs> what connects you deeper it's a medium of, of consciousness right that's all i can say you elevate your consciousness through your deep um heart-centered body connected sexuality that's amazing wow Hallelujah. Yeah, I'm getting all types of we're getting all types of responses here from the guests who who are joining us. And so, yeah, suppression, you know, I'm over the last few years, you know, and during my awakening and my evolution, the sex piece has been really interesting to me because in the spiritual system that I was raised in, it was always, you know, bad. And so right. as I've learned through just life and then through my Tantra training, and I'm still going to delve deeper into that because I just hit the very, very surface. It's like, you know, it's um, where you get your creativity from, you know, where yes. you, if you're not birthing a baby, then you're birthing an idea um, and you can use that energy and recirculate it and, you know, just be your most powerful dope self and that was never taught to anybody that I know, never, right. you know. And so you get, you you know, there were quite a few young ladies who were pregnant when we were young. They were shamed that the guy just got off scot-free. It's like it just happened, immaculate conception by herself, you know. Um, 
And then it just goes from there. When you see, like you were talking about slut and, you know, there's, it's just the whole culture. It's just a whole different culture that we're in that has suppressed us as women and suppressed our sexuality, which would allow us to, you know, just go to the next level. So I think that, you know, it's important that in our own way, and I would say get some support because if you've been taught these things for so long, like I was, you know, I had to get support in helping me to open up those spaces and realize that it wasn't something bad, you know? Absolutely. So the importance of legacy. So, you know, you, I've been watching, so I've been watching Halima's videos and, um, you know, check her out as Spirit Halima. She has classes and, you know, she has a good sense of humor and she breaks it down so, you know, easy to digest because a lot of this stuff is a little esoteric, especially if you haven't heard it. And so it makes it easy for even me to understand who's been on this journey for a minute, but I'm just going, you know, it's just another level. So reach out to her, but I've heard her speaking about legacy recently, and I'm very interested in legacy. You know, the term being a good ancestor has been floated around here recently, and I do want to be that. I do want to be a good ancestor, and, you know, but it's baby steps. I'm still trying to make sure that keep my baby off the couch, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, from being so stressed out, from me being so stressed out during right. pregnancy and being a, a single mom, a young single mom. So how do you think that we should go about creating a good legacy for our children's children and become a good ancestor? Mm-hmm. Do the work, do the, do the inner work, the self work for yourself. Um, I, my son coined this a few years ago. He's like, I'm your upgrade. Oh. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and so I've been using I, I I stole his term. <laughs> I've been using it. Okay. Um, and he is, right? The more I am the source, however, so the more I evolve and grow and expand, again, expanding what this thing as woman is all about, you know, mother is all about, um, the more I expand and elevate, the more he expands and elevate what you do for yourself your upgrades are going to have that expansion as well so my goal is to um, being that intuitive glitch finder is to um, see the see the glitches share them with my son share them we can talk about strategies as to how to best navigate but the most important thing is to um, correct the wound um, when you when you know that you're in the womb, you're in fear. You need protection. You're afraid. Face it. Every time you face it, you get you get. It's like Pac-Man. You mm-hmm. get a little bit more power pellets. You get a little bit more power and power, and that energy is felt through all of your family line. So that is like the highest gift that you can have is to begin to accept yourself, change your self perception, and to something that's fragile to something that's very divine and capable and fierce um doing that alone is is enough and if you do more than that then so be it but that's my recommendation that's amazing so we have four minutes um and so give us like one or two shifts that you have to think of during the day that helps you 
get back on track to know that, you know, to, to, to sort of stand in your divine feminine, in your divine power. Do you have any little things that you do? Yeah, well, I have, um, hmm, first I do a workout, right? So I move my body, movement is key. Mm-hmm. And I do, my clients say this, I demand more from my body. You got to demand more of yourself so you can see what you're actually made of, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, all levels. So I'm and myself today, I how can I be more uncomfortable? What's the uncomfortable action I need to take right now that I'm avoiding? Wow. We all are avoiding something uncomfortable that I can move myself emotionally. What's the what's the less you know, least comfortable thing I can do? So that's one thing: embracing being uncomfortable, and then demanding more from my body, all of my bodies. So me. Um, I, physically, I demand more of my body, um, which then demands more of me emotionally and mentally. So you went, that's what I do. Like, I get into that zone where I'm just like, okay, I'm going to do this. Like at the gym, <laughs> you're talking uncom- at the gym specifically or working out? I'm sorry? Are you talking, you know, on the workout tip? That's what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, physically, yes. Whether, mm-hmm. whether Whatever that that boundary you may have for yourself, go past it. So I'm demanding more of my body because your body has information as well. The body will go, you know, when you move the body beyond its comfort zone, let's say um, you run a marathon and you think you could and you finally do it, that gives you a new sense of perception of yourself, which is emotionally, mentally, spiritually as well. Mm -hmm. Um, So for me, it's doing those things, challenging myself emotionally, mentally, physically, um, and really befriending discomfort being uncomfortable with um you know reaching out to someone asking for forgiveness you know or um not reacting or just allowing the judgments to come up and let them just go back down without reacting reminding myself um that i am complete i am whole well, I love that. I love that you ended that way because we have one minute left. So you ended on just a reminder that we are complete and we are whole. And it's just up to us to stand in that and to understand that we can be that unapologetically and moving forward, we can make a choice to always stand in that. So I do appreciate that. I do appreciate you coming on. I appreciate everybody for coming on. We were 30 minutes behind due to these technical difficulties. Um, But, you know, I appreciate it. Everybody look at Spirit Halima on her Facebook. She's on at Spirit Halima on all of the platforms, Instagram um, and Facebook, and I think even Twitter. But check her out and join her Facebook lives. She has some amazing information to help us move through the next level and to tap into our divine family and to resurrect her, resurrect her within ourselves. So at this point, we thank you so much and we will see you next time in the sanctuary. Peace. listening to the sanctuary please follow us at awaken and heal on instagram 
and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.